Hello and welcome to Kicking Tires. My name is Jimmy. And I'm Justin. And today is June 8th and we got some great news from Polestar, Honda, and a bunch of other stuff. So let's dive right into it. Uh, no Honda, Polestar first. Polestar released this, the Polestar 3. Yeah. So it's an amazing sleek SUV that they're uh, they're coming out with. Yeah, best looking in the segment by quite a mile. Like it's still got that turtle shape that I always talk about, but it's very <laughs> subtle and it's the proportions are super handsome. Like yeah. everything about it is is awesome. So unfortunately they only really release one photo of the Polestar 3. So there's not much that we can say from the looks itself, but here are some cool facts. Um, we do have big gold brakes behind the uh, behind the wheels. That looks pretty cool. The Thor's headlamp is there. It looks like there's a little bit of a headlamp off to the side. On the hood, it looks like it has like a front, maybe a splitter or diffuser kind of thing on the edge of the hood. Um, so that air can kind of travel through that. The back end full of the taillights, of course, and has a spoiler up top. It does have that coupe-like shape, um, kind of like the Q4 e-tron. Yeah. It's not extremely coupe right? It's not like a Cayenne yeah. coupe or even a Model Y, if you think about it. Model Y, a lot of people don't necessarily classify as an SUV coupe, but it's it really it's is. more coupe This is This is more traditional SUV roofline, mm -hmm. uh, maybe more like the I-Pace. Yeah, yeah, kind of have that I pace. Yeah. Uh, it's Kia big, EV6. Though. It's it's a larger yeah. SUV. It's going to be more expensive. Uh, we don't know exactly where it's going to be, but it's Est not uh... estimated as seventy five k right now. US or US? Yeah, US. So, I mean, the model wise up there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's about the same as you know the the class basically luxury SUVs are. Um, we know that it's going to be a dual motor with estimated 300 mile range. Um, there will be ones that's built in China, but the ones that we're going to get, it's actually going to be manufactured in the U.S., Charleston, South Carolina. I don't Very think nice. I don't think any Volvo's recently has been made in the U.S. It's no, all. I think it's strictly for uh, import duties mm. and stuff, just to keep it competitive because. Uh, we've got the Maki, we've got the Teslas. Those are going to be duty free or tariff free. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, this is going to be a little bit higher because the model. I keep mixing up. Model Y goes for starts around sixty k US. So this mm -hmm. is a little bit higher than that. Uh, but good range, good looks. Like I like that. You know, it's obviously the. The aerodynamics are important. It's an EV. It's an SUV EV. Um, but they've integrated in a way that makes the car look aggressive. Mm -hmm. You know, that it has real aero. It's not just some smoothed out design that really a lot of EV manufacturers... Like today in the shop, we had two tank cans and two Model 3s. And just like, they're so generic looking in a way. Like people like the tank can too, but I... I <laughs> We had a, the Cross Turismo and the normal one today Ooh. at the shop. They're nice. Don't get me wrong, but they're they're really boring, like styling wise. Um, I really like the Sport Turismo. The Sport Turismo is is very very cool. Uh, the wheels it comes on are not nice. This is nice though. Like mm -hmm. this thing. I mean, I don't know what trim this would be that they're they're previewing, but really exciting stuff. I, I hope there will be a Maybe even a lower trim, to be honest, that comes in at a lower price point, like maybe, uh, you know, 70K, 75K Canadian uh, with a little bit less range. Because they're saying, what, three, almost five, what, 500K of range, basically? Yeah, 300 miles. Yeah, 370 miles, I think I saw somewhere. Mm. 370 yeah, so. is the WLTP cycle. Oh, okay. So, more like 300, 300 miles on the American cycle. Yeah. Like which is still almost 500k. Yeah, it's it's sufficient. That's really what it comes down to. Um this... the one thing I see that could be an opportunity. I mean, the pictures doesn't really show it, but I know Polestar is in Volvo and Volvo is in Polestar, but let's be honest. It is. I miss 
the vertical taillights on yeah. Volvos. Or even do the, the straight down and then the little yeah, C shape. Like like the Volvo C40 has. Yeah. Um, maybe they're trying to be more distinctive without it. I, I kind of yeah. understand, but like, I love those vertical taillights. Mm -hmm. It's on. in the shape, oh. though. The, oh, the, yeah. The profile kind of has that oh, absolutely. L shape. Absolutely. It's the exact same, same shape as the C40 there. Mm -hmm. But will it actually have taillights on the top half? I guess we'll have to wait till the back end to see. There was one image that was posted of uh, just the rear end. Can't find it at the moment. But I only saw the, the C cutout, not anything above. Uh, but let's talk about Polestar some more. They also released this Polestar 2 BST Edition 270. When I first saw this car, for some reason, it reminded me of like the like AMG Special Edition. Oh, um, I don't know stripe because maybe because of the stripe, I guess. But it's it's a little odd. Uh, but this Special Edition, it's Postar doing what Postar does best, which is performance, because that's basically their their background, right? Um, so this is a limited run of 270 units worldwide. Um, I think they said it's 40-something coming to the U.S. They didn't say exactly how many is coming to Canada. But in terms of chassis modification, it has a lower ride height. It's 20% stiffer suspension with Olin's dampers. You get a strut bar added to the front. The wheels, they're Polestar 1-inspired, 21-inch with Pirelli P0s. The stripe that I think looks kind of cool, uh, that's a $1,000 option. Oh. <laughs> yes, a, a stripe is a thousand. If you want the entire vehicle wrapped, that's five grand. Um, you can get it wrapped in a gray battleship gray, is what they call it. Um, oh, but it actually does have higher performance. It has 15 more pound feet of torque coming to 502 pound feet total. Still 476 horsepower. Still probably slower than a Model 3 performance. It's very likely it will be, <laughs> but with the Onan's dampers. I think that's kind of cool. Maybe yeah. you'll handle a little a better. It's a inch lower, so. Yeah. yeah. But, like, okay, so in the Volvo XC60, as well as the V60 Polestar that I had, like, three years ago now, um, the Onis dampers that was on that, I was like, oh, this is so cool. You can manually adjust your dampers. Then I started thinking, if I'm paying, like, 80 90k for a car I shouldn't need to manually adjust them. <laughs> should be able to press a button exactly uh, unfortunately there's no like remote it's not even like like teen had the edfc where you can like use a or any modern car that at that at that level you just yeah. click a, maybe two or three <laughs> modes and tick, tick, tick. my 300 zx had adaptive shock like a soft and hard setting on a button yeah, the, I mean, I'm, that was 40 years ago, 35 <sighs> years ago. It looks so cool, though. Yeah. That I'm willing to kind of forgive it. Yeah. <laughs> the way it's mounted, uh, the gold reservoirs, it is it is pretty special. Uh, how much is this car? We don't know. No pricing um, that I saw. Okay. But, I mean, it's a limited 270 unit run it's not gonna yeah. be cheap it's not really a volume seller anyways you're not using this to compare with anyone and no. at the end of the day no one's really tracking these anyways <laughs> it's just yeah someone who wants this like who really wants this they will buy it but yeah absolutely it's i, I it's not think for it's, the average consumer i just think it's so cool Actually, you know what? The Polestar headlight, the taillights on the Polestar 3, I think it's to mimic the Polestar 2 because it has a similar mm. shape. So yeah, maybe no vertical. Anyways, let's move on. Hyundai. Hyundai, Hyundai, Hyundai. Um, the venue has been updated for India. We don't get that information in North America just yet. Would we get it? It's likely. Uh, simply because that front end does look like the new Palisade. And you get new LED taillights as well. The The Venue is a very niche product because it's a front-wheel drive SUV with no option of all-wheel drive. 
and the only real competitor is the kicks. But we both like these, I think. Yeah. Right? Like basic <laughs> basic transportation that like looks decent. It's it's well equipped usually. Um yeah. they can come decently equipped. Um even when you go full load, they're not that expensive. You you uh, don't because ever it's want only to go a full load drive car. <laughs> you you really don't want to get that top trim. You probably want that middle trim so you have some of the features, yeah. but not all of it. But like I like the venue. It's a very spacious interior, which it's great. It's loud and boomy on the highway, which you expect, but absolutely no problems with this car. And the update, it just makes it look better than the old one. I, I don't know. It looks more macho. Mm. And I don't know if that's what I want out of the venue. Like, I like the old one that looks kind more of cartoony. Mm. Yeah. It looked more like those Choro Q cars. Oh, yeah. I know um, what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah it was very top heavy. This one is just. It kind of has that trailblazer. Is it called trailblazer? No. Trailblazer, what is a little, yeah. uh, yeah. little trailblazer Korean right. oh. Chevy thing? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Trailblazer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little angry looking Miami blue SUV. <laughs> uh, it looks more like that on the front, um, which I like what they've done with the back because they've got like kind of the pixel ionic style yeah. lights. But the front, I think they could have kept it boxier mm. right like it's got to have that quirkiness this is trying a little bit too hard to be a mainstream crossover mm. yeah i don't mind it will we get it that's hard to say but only time will tell maybe we'll maybe we won't um, something that we'll probably never see on the road is the next topic here. Uh, Stellantis released an update for the 2022 Ram 1500 TRX Sandblast Edition. Mm -hmm. um, so it looks like it's been sandblasted. Is that why they call it Sandblast Edition? Yeah, it's supposedly <laughs> a uh, uh, joint venture project thing with uh, Ken Block. Um, mm, I so saw that who, video. Who has a TRX. Um, Isn't he old? Like, He's sponsored by Audi these days. He's he's in bed with everyone, it seems. <laughs> yeah. Uh and he just spat out like a Porsche, I think. Um so Oh yeah, yeah he did. It's, the he the did. sandblast is just a an appearance package, but it does have unique wheels, unique accents on the inside, supposedly unique graphics, but I don't really see it. I see a little bit on the hood, maybe. Uh, but it's kind of just a special color. It's this sand. Uh, beige color um, that is very different from what we've seen on other TRX. Other TRX more flashy or uh, kind of colors, but this is more low key. But it's kind of a trend now. Every all the off road specials are doing this kind of sandy I mean, dune color. How how low key can you be in a Ram fifteen hundred TRX? with yeah. 700 horsepower exactly <laughs> i've seen them on the road and they're just so the presence is insane just yeah they're so big they're, how tall it is how wide it is i remember when i was driving this i was like hmm, i think i'm in the lane but if i'm not do i care yeah, everyone <laughs> just stays like they social distance from you yeah it's yeah. great I, you know what the trx was good for a week it, that's what the vehicle is you good for. You don't want to own that car. You don't want to live with that car. No, it it really isn't. Like, I think living with a Raptor, the new ones, with that EcoBoost three point five, yeah, I can I can understand that. Yeah, but living with the seven hundred horsepower TRX in, in their current fuel prices, well, in the single digit MPGs. Yeah. yeah, I think when I had it, I was at twenty eight liters for hundred kilometers. Yeah, and that the was current just... fuel prices. That's say your commute is uh, fifty kilometers round trip. You're using fifty dollars more cool. than that. Cool. Yeah, fifty bucks just to go to work, get there, go home, and I'm still in the negative. Yeah, you're you're <laughs> losing money when you go to work. <laughs> just <Yeah>. stay home. <laughs> just stay home. <laughs> it's a great argument for work from home. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on from that. Um, WWDC happened. 
we generally don't really talk about Apple news, but this one's actually huge. Mm-hmm. So we want to touch on this. Um, as you know, there's something called CarPlay, which you can connect your phone and then some of your phone apps are available on the dash of your vehicle and you're able to like have maps, your music, whatever you kind of really want um, on the infotainment screen, which is pretty you know normal. And we had this for a few years now. And mm-hmm. But Apple... Apple wants more of that segment. So they released what's known as this next generation of CarPlay. So that it basically takes over the car's infotainment as well as the whole dashboard the dash. and everything. <laughs> yeah. It's here's some screenshots. Um, I actually borrowed this from Motor Authority here uh, from the WWDC event. But like behind the steering wheel, a lot of new vehicles have. Um, a digital dash. So why not put a map there with, you know, the range of the vehicle, what speed you're going on. Mm. It's like the bare necessities of what you need to see. And it's very Apple, the way that it's kind of shown because it looks like a very simplistic view. I look at this, the gauge cluster, and I'm like, that is all over the place, all different colors. And I'm like, I don't, Someone in their design department is like, yeah, you gotta color code everything. You gotta yeah. position everything like this. This is distinctly. It's it's not great. Uh, this, that there's bad. a lot of potential, but here. this like, one's it's just software. Yeah, this one <laughs> is better, and this one, the one that we're looking now for those listening, is a full width display. So it's kind of I think the Honda E had that um, yep. where. You just have screen basically from pillar to pillar, uh, and it it works in this case. But at the same time, there's so many widgets. Like it looks like a desktop dashboard, which yeah. I think is a little bit distracting. Um, I don't need to see my calendar and stuff. Like you, okay, so you know what the calendar um, current CarPlay you can't see your calendar, and I like it. So I oh, put, from the home, uh, yeah, yeah, from the home screen. Um, you can also have it as a calendar app. But why I like calendar is because, like, for example, like a few days ago, I had to pick up something from uh, Surrey for a friend. The calendar event reminded me when I was driving and asked me if I wanted to navigate there. Hmm. Like it was so integrated. I was like, perfect. I just tapped yes and just navigated my way there. And once I was there, I got back in the car. It's like, do you want to go home? I said, yes. And it's able to go home. Like, it's just little things like that, that actually kind of makes sense to me. And like, where it says my house, where it says like there's a garage door open and close, I would love to have the ability to use uh, my home automation within Mm -hmm. my car easily like that. I do not need a clock though. The analog clock is just distracting too. Yeah, I do not need a clock. <laughs> I mean, the car has a clock. Yeah, I mean, give, every give me a, a give me a digital clock. All right, I don't care who you are. Putting an analog clock on your dash, it's sure you can see roughly what time it is, but it's much easier to see a digital display and read it out. It's much 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 faster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see, I'm one of these guys that I. I could do without the cold car play and Android Auto thing. Um, I, when I first tried it, I liked it. And then later on, I just got lazy to connect my phone. Sometimes I left Bluetooth off or whatever, and it just doesn't connect automatically. And I could live without it uh, in pretty much any of my cars. Uh, but yeah, this is kind of unique because they've they've integrated also the climate control, the radio, because before you'd have to leave CarPlay to tune the radio. If you want to listen to radio and use Google Maps or Apple Maps, then you have to kind of go back and forth. Now, uh, the idea is at least that it can integrate and talk to the car's computer and car's radio tuner to do... Uh, to to change a tuner and the climate control because some cars with the integration um you just have some back and forth some cars have dual display essentially that part of it is carplay part of it is climate uh i think ford does that on some of their yep. cars ford does that yeah. ram does that range rover might as well i think 
basically um, anyone that has a larger screen. Yeah, anyone who has larger screens or two separate screens. Um, yeah. So they're partnering with uh, Jaguar Land Rover, says they're on board, Mercedes, Porsche, Ford, Lincoln, Audi, but not VW, uh, apparently. That's kind of uh, weird. Honda, Acura, Volvo, Polestar, Renault, Infiniti, Nissan. So uh, qu- quite a few manufacturers are on board with this. It, I don't know how this will be implemented because it's, it's kind of confusing, I feel like, to have two separate interfaces. Um, but I think it won't be two separate interfaces for most people, right? Because if you have your phone on you, you're just going to take your phone into your car. Um, it will wirelessly with, connect. Generally, and... it'll be the, the all the new stuff is all wireless. So it'll wirelessly yeah. connect to your phone. It'll have the Apple interface, and that's what you're going to get used to. Whereas mm. now you kind of have to get used to both sides because you are kicking it inside and outside. Of, uh, of and I'm sure you can not. choose like, oh, I want to keep my Land oh, Rover sure. gauges. I don't want to use Apple's gauges. Yeah. Uh, vice versa. But which one will break first? Uh, <laughs> Land Rover. Well, the Apple one will not work regardless because on a Land Rover product, there's, there's, it doesn't matter because the Jaguar side will break and then it will not let you use the CarPlay side. <laughs> Um, love it yeah absolutely love it but yeah like this is i think this is really cool it's the next direction um i'm curious what android's gonna do to kind of you know not match not not keep up but match this or compete with this um i mean android is already in a lot of cars Um, i feel like a lot of chinese cars use android os anyways mm -hmm. yeah yeah like all the volvos and posters it's android os Mm-hmm. Um, and the gauge cluster, it is backed by Android, and it works so well. It's a very simple, clean layout. It just has all the information that you need, has Google Assistant built in. Um, because the car has built-in LTE, or five, that's LTE, it's connected always. And yeah. it's always on as well. Like, it just works so well. You know what will be awkward, though, with iOS integration like this like i'm seeing the full screen display and i'm like a lot of uber drivers and not even uber driver let's say you're driving your friends mm-hmm. someone messages you or calendar comes up and you're like they don't need to see this <laughs> you know what i mean like they shouldn't a, be seeing this. a privacy filter kind of yeah thing. or like your group chat that is saying something and you're like they shouldn't even know this group chat exists and that is kind of like my gripe with uh CarPlay and Android on. They both do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and I get so many, I don't know if you're like me, but I have so many group chats that it's just nonstop. Like, oh, the, all my group chats are muted. I mute some of them, but like, I cannot, uh, I cannot manage <laughs> right now. Like, there's so much, you know, coming at me. That, yeah, all, yeah. Every single one of my group chats within WhatsApp as well as iMessage is muted. Because I can't be bothered looking at my phone every second. For yeah, it's, it's so distracting. It's just like you look away for like 30 minutes and then there's 500 messages. And you're like, well, what am I well, going to do now? I'm going to scroll and then hopefully. I'll yeah, if you get point. tagged, I'll look at it and then that's it. Like, yeah. it's, it's insane <laughs> the world we live in. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's iOS 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to the most controversial topic yeah. of the week. Our last story, it's the biggest story because it's a it should be a significant release this week which we've talked about in the past how we're getting a different model from the rest of the world, uh Japan and Europe, but we are getting our version of the HRV. 2023 Honda HRV. Pricing is all up on honda.ca if you're interested. Um it looks like the teaser shots that we saw, um, the renderings and whatnot, and the interior is very Civic. It's a Civic-based crossover, uh, and we lose some features that we had in the old HRV. It's not quite as uh, boxy and kind of basic, I guess, as the old one, but you also lose the magic seats. Uh, it's, they've, they've moved up market in some senses, but 
I think in a way that may backfire on Honda. Um, so let's start. I mean, the, the car now has the two liter engine from the base Civic, no 1.5 turbo uh, that we see in the CRV and most of the Civic products in this price range. You can get it as either front wheel drive or all wheel drive. Uh, base price for the front wheel drive is 28.7 here in Canada before destination and 31, uh, 31k before destination for the all wheel drive base LX model. Um, and 31, it's it's real money. Like for an all wheel drive sub, well, is it really subcompact these days? You can, st- I think it's still classified as a subcompact. Technically, it's subcompact because that's what they're offering, but it's it wider, really it's longer, it's like two inches wider, inch and a half longer wheelbase, and it's it's based off a of Civic, which is a compact, yeah, not based off of the fit like the before, which was a subcompact. Right. So it's kind of like crossing that that barrier, um, but you got to remember that this segment is so small you know, within $10,000, uh, you know, give or take from 30 K, if you go up or down five grand, you have so many cars to choose from so many different sizes, engine configurations, power outputs. Um, but the big thing, the biggest drawback to this car is that they nerfed it with a two liter K 20 engine, which K 20 is, is an ancient motor um you know there's there's better versions of it here and there but this is this is an old motor and the problem with being an old motor is it doesn't make much power uh in fact it makes less power than k20s of 15 years ago um it's a k20 c2 it only makes 158 horsepower 138 pounds feet of torque which is kind of on par with the segment to be honest but what's not on par is their fuel economy we don't have Canadian figures for liters per hundred K, but we're looking just at U.S. numbers, comparing with U.S. models um, right now. And the 2023 EPA numbers are out, and this is getting a 27 combined, uh, 25 miles per gallon city, which equates to 9.4 liters per hundred K city, which as a quote-unquote subcompact, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh 30 miles per gallon highway, pretty average. But keep in mind, this is competing with the Corolla Cross, which already doesn't have an amazing engine. But the Corolla Cross is getting four miles per gallon more city and two miles per gallon more highway. Like that is significant. Um, not only that, the biggest, like the biggest blunder on their part by putting in this two liter naturally aspirated engine is that the CRV, the outgoing CRV, like say CRV from four years ago, is still getting better fuel economy than this and making more power and roomier. The CRV is rated at 27 miles per gallon city. The HRV all wheel drive is rated at 25 miles per gallon city. Like, how is that possible that your own larger, older, you know, crossover is significantly better? on gas than this new model. That is the biggest disappointment. And, you know, okay, it's a Honda. There's a premium. There's always a premium associated with a Honda, whether it's the Pilot or the Odyssey or the Civic. Like, these cars, you typically get less for your money compared to uh, any of the kind of second-tier Japanese brand like the Nissans, uh, Mitsubishi, Kia, Hyundai, obviously. but we're not even talking about that. We're just talking about just within Toyota uh, and VW and Subaru. They've all got better price products that outperform this HRV. That I don't know. To me, this is a this is a rough start for this car. Like like you mentioned before the show, this car needs electrification. Even if you don't give it electrification, at least give it the 1.5 because that stands a better chance at least that will have a power advantage a fuel economy less of a fuel economy disadvantage Uh, i don't want to say advantage necessarily but it 
it would do better. Like I cannot imagine the 1.5 is going to be worse on fuel in this than it is on a CRV, right? Um, so it's it's not a great start. And like at 31,000 before destination, I can think of pretty much every other car in this segment I would rather have than this, right? Like I, you can get a Taos for motion, pretty well equipped. The base is a trend line trim, um, 29,195 before destination. That's with all wheel drive. That's $2,000 cheaper than the HRV. That's for VW, which in some people's eyes is a premium product. Some people maybe not. Maybe some people don't want to worry about the maintenance. Okay, I get it. Um, Subaru, you know, king of all-wheel drive. If you want a practical crossover, you get a Subaru. Uh, if you want all-wheel drive, you want to, you know, embrace the winter. Uh, <laughs> Crosstrack with eyesight, so automatic, starts at 26 Crosstrek starts $5,000. No. Yeah, $5,000 less than the HRV. You know, making similar power, 152 horsepower, this makes 158. Uh, very similar cargo volume. When you fold the seats down, it's virtually identical. Crosstrek is like slightly bigger with the seats down, slightly smaller with the seats up. But it's a Crosstrek. Like that car is such a proven vehicle in terms of resale value reliability uh it's it's a great car and it's five thousand dollars less like what is what is honda smoking that is like you know that is kind of the standard i would say is a cross track it's it's one of those perennial favorites right um and then obviously the corolla cross which well, is before we go to that Subaru's own Forester. Oh yeah, like the Forester base model is twenty. So that's moving up a segment. Still undercuts this car by fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really hard to make a case for this HRV. Uh, we looked at the Nissans. We looked at the Rogue, the Qashqai, the Rogue, all-wheel drive. Again, a bigger car, usually better equipped than an LX. HRV, that is only $600, $700 more than the HRV, and you're going up segment, which you're getting a more premium feeling vehicle. Yeah. I just... <sighs> and if you're saying, oh, the, I don't want a bigger car, I want a smaller one, well, you can get a higher-end cash guy and get better fuel economy and <laughs> all of that, and it's still a good Nissan product. Yeah, cash guy fairly proven. And then if you're like, okay, I, I, I don't want Nissan. I, I don't I want, want a second tier brand. I want, I want, <laughs> I want first I want tier, elite tier. Japanese yeah. brands. Well, go to Toyota. They have a Corolla Cross waiting for you there. Yeah, Corolla Cross, again, US MPG gets four miles per gallon more. That is, that is two segments worth of miles per gallon safe, basically, <laughs> and, like size-wise. And for 2023, the Corolla Cross has been updated with better infotainment, which I think it's better than the one that's in the Civic, arguably. Yeah. Um, and the 2023, you can't get the Corolla Cross in an all-wheel drive um, hybrid. Hybrid. That makes 100 and I think it was like 180 horsepower. So it's yeah. going to be more efficient. Faster, more efficient. And faster. Better resale value because it's a hybrid. Because guess what? Gas prices aren't going down. So in five years... The car that's getting an extra 15, 20 miles per gallon is definitely going to hold value better than this. Mm -hmm. And the Corolla Cross all-wheel drive, again, starts at 26,290 before destination. Again, that's almost five grand less than the HRV starting price while getting better fuel economy and being at least equal in terms of brand prestige, yeah. right? That it's... So thinking of the 23 model with the hybrid, we're probably about the same price. Mm -hmm. If you can HRV. get a base uh, Corolla Cross hybrid, it would probably be about the same yep. and get significantly better fuel economy. And honestly, it would drive better too because the hybrid motor compared to an ancient K20 paired to CVT, I think the hybrid is going to yeah, feel better. It's going to be much better for your day-to-day 
that instant torque from the electric motor, it's going to be much better. Yeah, because what I've noticed with the HRV uh, MPG figure, especially, is that the highway MPG really struggles. It gets 30 miles per gallon highway, which is worse than a RAV4, worse than a CRV, worse than a Rogue, significantly worse than a Rogue. A Rogue gets 33 miles per gallon, uh, so 10% more. Um, and those are all bigger vehicles, heavier vehicles. Why is that? Is because it's underpowered. And what's going to happen is the U.S. market is going to drive this car, and then they're going to think this car's trash on the highway. When they when they road test it, they're going to think, oh, I've got to move up segment. And frankly speaking, at this price, you can get a lightly used CRV, which you know I know it's going to be down a year of warranty. Pay buy an extended warranty on it and you'll still be happier because that car i think still would feel nicer inside as far as the, the trimming and whatnot um it would be nicer to drive because it's got more torque and it'd be way roomier inside mm-hmm. yeah and just this like the hrv just doesn't really make a lot of sense um yeah they price so- themselves about 4k too high so it's priced higher. So okay, so the HRV for North America, um, as Justin said right at the beginning, it's designed for North Americans, right? So it's bigger, it's roomier, so that North Americans, because we are physically larger here than the you know other parts of the world, they will we, we'll fit inside the car. That's basically what it comes down to. It's designed mm-hmm. for our roads as well. Um, but here's the thing, you know, the subcompact segment. I think it's just gone too big. This mm-hmm. is bigger than my 2010 CRV. And I can carry two kids in there. I can carry five people in there with no problems. Why, why does a new HRV need to be bigger than my CRV? That's from 2010. I have a 12-year-old CRV and has more horsepower than this from a K24 and more torque from this and basically the same fuel economy. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't make a lot of sense, this HRV. Like, obviously, you know, I'm going to book it as soon as I can get one, and I will really want to see, you know, how it handles and all that good stuff. Um, but, like, just on paper, this vehicle does not make sense. It's really hard to make a case for it. Like, and the, the, you I think you really want a Honda. I think the reason why it's priced higher is because it is a North American product. Generally, when it's a global product, they can reduce the price a little bit. Yeah, because your R and D is and your tooling and everything is everything split spread out exactly. And this is such a bad play because every other manufacturer has gone to global designs, mm -hmm. and Honda's like, we're gonna stick with our roots and make Honda America develop an inferior product that costs more than everyone else. <laughs> the, the, the weird thing is the Civic is a global platform. Right. But the HRV, there is a global HRV that's used in everywhere else in the world. And on paper, it looks pretty good. Like it's based on the Honda Fit. You still get the magic seats in the rear. Get a sure, hybrid. <laughs> you get a hybrid uh, S standard. Interior looks decent. Sure. The center console between the seats, they're not as wide. Uh, but like it just looks so much more practical. And I can't yeah, stress seats. how useful magic seats are. When I had the magic seats in the Honda Fit that I had, I can use that thing for moving. It was like the, the biggest box fan ever. Mm-hmm. Like the HRV in other markets, it's in my eyes, it's a substantially better product than the HRV that we're getting. Yeah. Oh, I also just looked up something, which is the two-wheel drive HRV economy is still worse than the four-wheel drive CRV. <laughs> it's still worse. Like it's it's rated one mile per gallon less in the city than the than the CRV. So well, this engine is definitely the wrong choice. They they know how to put this engine in this chassis because they do it in the Civic. And uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> It's really They can put the 1.5. They didn't put the 1.5 because they're probably thinking if they do that, and because the size is actually going to be decent, no one's going to be buying the CRV. But exactly. I, don't, I don't think that's going to be the case because 
people love the CRV. Yeah, people and, love it. And you ultimately, if you need a RAV4 or a Rogue, like if you're cross shopping those, you're not looking at the HRV anyways. Yeah. Right? Like you got to compete not within your brand, you got to compete with the rest of the world and the, the all the other cars on the market. I just, I don't get what they were trying to achieve here because. I don't know. I think we're going to see a flop here. And I, there, there's, they need to do a few things in order for the HRV to be actually viable. People, like, yeah, viable. Um, price needs to drop and hybridization. They cannot drop the price because everyone's broke right now. Like, <laughs> all cars are going, going up. Like, every year you're going to, if you want a car, buy it as soon as possible because it's going to be more expensive if you wait six months. Uh, and because not only are the prices price increase coming with the model year change, price increases are coming midway through. Like we're seeing cars just go up just because they can't keep up. Uh, it's just everything is getting so expensive to build. Gas has gotten so expensive. Well, you got to think about that too, right? Like, All right. Yeah. Sure. So you can't lower the price, but give me at least electrification. Give me a hybrid. Give me at least a turbo. Like, frankly, that would give it... That the turbo would at least distinguish it from the the other cars in this market, right? Yeah, it would, I mean the CX thirty, which is arguably technically in this market, yeah. um, but not really because they kind of gone high end. Like that has either the two point five with one hundred and eighty six horse, or the two point five turbo with two hundred fifty horsepower. Even well. their NA model is better than this. Yeah, right. They're standard um, in it. But at like, least a turbo could compete with it. And I think it's one of these things that Honda has such an ego that <laughs> the reason why they don't want to give it a hybrid is they will lose to the Corolla Cross. Right? How are they going to make a hybrid better than the Corolla Cross? They can't. Not at least at least not at their price point because no. Toyota has almost 3 decades ahead of them on <laughs> like like they've been at it for so long. Uh, Honda has kind of flip-flopped with hybridization that they haven't really improved their technology that much. Like Toyota can do it at such a cost-effective point now with the e-all-wheel drive and everything. Like it just makes sense. Uh, and Honda doesn't want to lose to them, which is why the CRV here, at least in Canada, didn't come in a hybrid. And even in the States, it's, it's an afterthought. The car you want, if you want... A midsize or not midsize, a compact hybrid crossover is the, the RAV4. You get the CRV because the RAV4 weight is too long. Or you get the Tucson because. Yeah, because you just yeah. want to save the money yeah. and get a better car while you're at it too. <laughs> so I don't know. Honda as a brand has struggled for a while now. Uh, I'm seeing, I'm just very, I don't know unimpressed across the board their yeah. si is boring i don't know i i drove it i didn't was not impressed by it like as an enthusiast i'm not i don't want that car in any way um the accord is irrelevant in it's, this it's aged yeah it's aged and really no one's buying sedans anymore the passport was pointless again the passport is one of those there was no reason for this car to exist because it it costs the same, if not more, than the Pilot, and it's inferior to the Pilot, which the Pilot's okay. The Pilot and the Ridgeline are okay. Uh, but I, I mean, I, either I minivan the, sucks. I, I think the Pilot was okay. I don't think it's okay now. It was okay six years ago. Yeah, when, when they launched. Ridgeline's the only one in the segment, so you can't really say... Mm. Yeah, yeah it's, just, it's, it's a rough time. I think CRV is going to do a lot better. And see, here's the thing: is are they going to do what they did with the fit, right? And just say make an make an inferior product, and then just say no one wants it, and then kill it off, hmm. right? Would they would they do that with the HRV? I mean, they need something in this segment, regardless. Like I also really like this image that they put out the hrv in their <laughs> they shrunk it down a lot 
it's it's basically the same size as a CRV. Let's be honest. It's not like, that much smaller. Yeah. In in the photo here, it's like tiny HRV tiny compared to the passport. No, and passport's then the passport's not that big. No. <laughs> Yeah. It's like it's like a Tahoe next to like yeah. <laughs> like a Honda. Even Civic. in their pricing, like for for twenty five hundred dollars more, front wheel drive to front wheel drive, you can get a CRV. Less than three thousand dollars more, you can get a CRV or for three dollars a week more. You can get a CRV exactly, and they're exactly because <laughs> the interest rate is lower. Five point nine nine, three point nine nine. I just don't. Mm. I want to know, I want to be a fly on the wall at whoever's product planning over at Honda and just see what they were smoking. So, yeah. okay, here's another thing. Um, not looking at CRVs. If you're wanting, like, just a hatch, get a Civic hatch. Civic hatch, yes, it starts actually at a pretty high price point at 28, but you can get the touring model or a sport model sorry with the 1.5 better engine overall better driving dynamics it's just as spacious we looked at the numbers it's like minimal differences between the civic hatch and the hrv sure the civic hatch because of the sloped rear end it's not going to be as good to carry you know all the things that you want compared to a, a regular traditional hrv hatch your Civic hatch, you know, I, I, I just think it's going to be a better buy overall. You get much more yeah, for your If features. you want a Honda, like, get that or wait for the CRV. Or, or if you want something a little bit more high-end, get the Integra. Ah. Right? Integra is a hatch. Mm -hmm. Why the heck not? It's almost just as practical. Yeah, will handle better too, and yeah. get better fuel economy, and be nicer to drive. Like just now, we're on the topic of Integra, though. Something that I thought of when I saw the HRV was going to be built on the Civic platform. All-wheel drives available on the HRV means that platform can be used with all-wheel drive. Will all-wheel drive come to? Hmm. Well, Type S, not Type R. Type S. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hmm. Hmm. interesting. They could Type R it too. They could. They could. PC two R. You got to think. They um, could. Actually, we didn't mention, but the full load EXL Navi is thirty seven. <sighs> thirty seven thousand dollars for a quote unquote subcompact, which I. I <laughs> right. let, let me just include taxes and freight and PDI. Say you're financing this car monthly. Oh, I like how they put 84 months now because they know, you, like, it's it's insane. So if you want an HRV EXL Navi, including freight, destination, taxes, uh, for 84 months at 5.19%, zero down to $625. Wow. That's a lot of money for HRV. Yeah, that is that is a lot. That is BMW money. <laughs> uh i yeah. oh good thing a decently equipped mini for that price uh good news is any uh all the colors are free are, are free so you don't have to pay any more <laughs> yeah it, it's such a shame because this is the right size vehicle right like it's a, it's a yeah. small enough car for the city it's a big enough car when you need a little bit of practicality in a pinch you know you don't want to drive something too big because the crv frankly is a little bit too big uh the next one is going to be even bigger so it's going to be it's going to be a little bit too big for people that typically only have two people in their car one to two people uh this is more of a one to two person household kind of car but the price point doesn't make sense so you just move up segment yeah yeah or you just or you get something to, else. Just get something else. Just, just get something else. Move I to can't, a different like, brand. We looked at all of the competitors, and not one of them are worse objectively than the HRV. Yeah, I I just can't. Like, like I we, didn't even think the Corolla Cross was competitive, and then I saw this, and Honda's <laughs> like, "Hold the mic, I'm gonna make ours even less competitive and four grand more." 
Yeah, because I saw, you know, when the Corolla Cross came out, everyone was comparing it to a Cross Track. I'm like, that's a tough one to beat because a Cross Track is damn good, mm-hmm. especially if you get the outdoor trim, which you can for only 29. What's the Cross Track outdoor? I think it was like 30. $30,495 yeah. to get the Cross Track outdoor trim, which is the one you want, I think, which gives you the little bit. Bigger, bigger power boost. It looks cooler. It's got more interior features, um, and it's still cheaper. It's it will it will you get it all back. Honestly, yeah. like you, I my cousin wants this HRV, and I'm trying to talk him out of it now because it it just I can't justify it. My cousin has a Golf. Mark Six that has been super reliable. It's starting to need a few re- small repairs here and there. The tail light flooded. Uh, <laughs> small things like that. It was like uh, I fixed it for like ninety bucks. It's not a big deal. Um, the battery died, but I I don't know. Even that car, he had a Mark Six Golf, which has a two point five, the five cylinder. Uh, not great on gas, but not any worse than this. Oh, I like that car. Yeah, if you slap an exhaust on it, it sounds it sounds awesome. really good. Yes, I I really like that car. Yeah, and honestly, interior quality is up there. And like cars like this make me sad because it's like you don't want to get a new car because this is worse than the old cars. Yeah, yeah. Can you still build the old HRV on Honda's website? Let's see here. No, they took it you off. You know already. what? To be honest, I didn't like the. Oh like, no, there's all things twenty five hundred dollars more than the old one. Yeah, the old one all wheel drive start twenty eight five was the old one, which twenty eight five was already steep. Yeah. Right. Again, you can get a very nice cross track for that money. Uh, it's two grand more than the base twenty five hundred bucks more than wow. the base cross track. Top two thousand three more grand than, more. Who is still buying an HRV in 2022, and who is buying an HRV in 2023? Who knows? Well, okay, I did mention this also before the show is that car manufacturers in this market, and I mean, I don't know how long this will last for, but they can phone it in because guess what? If you want a Corolla Cross Hybrid, good luck. Get on the wait list, right? It's you know, it's also going to be safe low 30s this is low 30s but get on the wait list or pay a markup for a used one which feels just as bad so you walk over to honda and you go okay i'll buy it i'll settle for the hrv i know it's not as good it's not as good on gas it's slower it's not really i can't make a case for it but i'll settle for this because i don't want to wait two years for a corolla cross hybrid yeah, there's there's nothing in here that I'm like. That's the only reason I see it existing is that they're banking on people running out of supply. And this is going to be your last choice, but it'll be your only choice. <sighs> and then you'll still pay the – because you know what? It still feels better to pay four grand more for this. This thing is four grand – than paying a dealer four grand more for a used car. I like how <laughs> the HRV emissions is 180 grams. Whereas Worse the CRV is the 180. <laughs> yeah, it's one gram of emission worse than, worse the, than CRV. the CRV. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, there's a. I think moral of the story is don't buy this car. Yeah, the, the HRV is definitely not something that. I mean, because you... obviously, okay, you haven't driven it yet. No. We, but we know what to expect, we know it's a yeah. Civic. Yeah, which is a good see. car. It's a decent car, but still, it's not four to five thousand dollars better than everyone else. Yeah, that is the the dilemma. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely the hard one. Yeah, we'll I, see. We'll see if our prediction is true, and we'll see what the sales figures are like in a year. Um, I think they will still sell out because everyone is selling out. Right. Yeah. That's ultimately the case. There's no not really any subcompact crossover surplus anywhere, right? So ultimately oh, that's definitely the case right now. 
But how will this be in four years? If they're still dragging the two liter, the two liter disappointment motor in 2027, how, how? I actually, you know what? I remember driving the two liter when they came out with the Civic Sport. I didn't mind it that much because it had a manual. Oh, and it felt. It just it felt like an old friend, you know, like a K twenty yeah. manual. There is something about it, like. But the thing is, this is going to be a CVT yeah. car with room for a lot of luggage and passengers, right? If you have four people in this, you're going to be pretty depressed. Like, imagine taking this on a road trip. It has the room, you know. Say we want to go on a day trip to Seattle, and you had this car. It has the room to physically do it, but it's not going to be happy. But, but would you be able to get onto the highway through the on-ramp? Like, if, would with you... enough momentum. Like, <laughs> with the tires screeching. No, tires won't screech, let's be honest. <laughs> with this amount of power, it can't screech a thing. But, like, it is a concern, right? There are short on-ramps. Like, mm -hmm. the... Merging the base... safely with a family of four. Because that was the problem with the base cross track. That's why they put the 2.5 mm -hmm. uh, in the newer ones and the, the upper trims, anyways. Right. And this matches the base cross track for power, basically, more or less. Yeah. So you're going to expect like zero to 100 in a 10 seconds kind of range. Yeah. That's, Which is borderline unsafe. Yeah. If you have a shorter on ramp, that's dangerous. Like there's a few that's in Norfan that it's just, it, it's like the shortest little on uh uh, mm -hmm. on ramp, and the car in front of you decides that instead of yielding into traffic, it's just going to stop there. You have no way of getting into traffic unless there's just no traffic at all. Yeah, if you don't have the the the, the leeway to expelled speed, you you can't. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. For city commuters, it's it's not really an issue, but. Even then, if you're just commuting in the city, that fuel fuel economy is going to hurt. Yeah, yeah, because that's a rating too. It's yeah. rated at. You're not going to get anywhere close to the rating. Yeah, because you're not driving in those type of conditions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's miles per gallon. I think that's really it for this week. Yeah. We ranted about the uh, HRV and basically how big of a disappointment it is for the past 20 minutes. Yep. Uh, but is there anything Headline. else? <laughs> the biggest disappointment. Uh, anything else you want to add for this week? Uh, no, I think that that's my all my thoughts. <laughs> all your thoughts. All right. We'll, uh, we'll catch you all again next week. Don't buy an HRV. Tell your friends about this podcast, but also tell them don't buy an HRV. It's good consumer advice. It, it really is. Just don't do We it. know this segment. Like, I, I think we know this segment. I've, I think I've driven enough cars to know this segment decently well. And I know what people are looking for in this kind of class of vehicles. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't suit it. it it's all. such a last resort, which you is okay in 2022. Okay, but I want I want to check one thing, one thing because one saving grace. No, this is not a saving grace. Um, we always know that the CX thirty is overpriced. Oh, it's a final nail in the coffin. <laughs> it, yeah, that's exactly what it is. We know the CX thirty is overpriced, <laughs> but it's not because the GX. Oh, oh my God! It's two thousand dollars more for for the turbo oh motor God. compared to an HRV. Is two grand more. That's it. And that's yeah. the top trip. Or if you go base, the CX30 is two grand less than a base HRV, and it will be nicer inside, nicer to drive, nicer to look at, and just as oh, um, bad on gas. I wouldn't go for the base oh, for that. It's got the 155 it's, horsepower. Yeah, it's a two liter. Go for um, the GS for the same yeah. price. Yeah. Um, in Canada, you can get it with the two liter, but in the US, 2.5 is base. Mm. It's kind of weird, but just go for the GS. It's 31K, That's which is well equipped. It's same price as the all wheel drive uh, yeah. uh, HRV. You're going to get a much better car overall. Um, oh, I looked at the economy on the CX30. It's still better than 9.4. Mm -hmm. 
yeah if and if you want a hot rod just get the the gt with the turbo two yeah. grand more it gets you a hundred more horsepower yeah a hundred more horsepower and like almost 200 pounds feet more torque and the same fuel economy <laughs> to real world maybe not but actually no real world probably because, because it doesn't term, have to work as hard exactly i like i had uh two accords before i had a v6 and a four cylinder i was like oh the four cylinder should save me fuel but i was driving up and down the willenden um hill all the time um, and i found that the four cylinder just never got the economy that it should because it's working harder i mean the v6 is pretty rough for fuel economy <laughs> the yeah, single but, overhead cam <laughs> you know, it's it sounded good in my head um <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 39 like this we know that mazda products are generally priced higher uh because they're kind of going with that premium segment mm-hmm. and i mean if you no, and inside, the same thing vw products are usually priced higher yeah and vw undercuts this car by two grand yeah there's really no reason oh, vw I, I, and mazda both undercut it by two grand that is uh, insane i was thinking that the the gt would be like for some reason in my head, I thought it was like 40 something. I was like, oh, okay. You know, it's, it's really far above, but yeah. two grand. You get a lot more car for two grand. 100 horsepower, 200 pound feet more torque. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Anyways, that's really it for this week. Enough ranting. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for uh, tuning in, watching, and all that good stuff. And we'll see you next week, guys. Take care.